created the heavens and the earth and he placed the human beings on the earth and he gave them a way of life that is meant for their benefit and that is meant to make them highly successful in this world and as a mark of his mercy and grace he said to them that if you follow your life if you live your life according to this system which i have sent for you then you will of course be successful in this world because the system is meant for success in this world but as a bonus i will also make you highly successful in the akhirah because i will reward you for living by a system which in any case is intrinsically good for you now what do you say to that how do you how do you um, thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for first of all giving us a system that works and a system that is beneficial for us it is not allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is benefiting from the system it is for us yet even though we are the beneficiaries allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his great mercy and generosity rewards us for living by that system that system is called islam that system is called islam and it has come to us in this beautiful form which is that the rules and regulations have been stated by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu and they have been lived by and demonstrated how to live by them by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this kitab which came which has the rules and regulations which has the blueprint of the system by which we are supposed to live this kitab this book is called alquran which is also called alfurqan which is the criterion now why is it called the criterion it's called the criterion because it is a means of judging between what fits into the system and what does not fit into the system why do we need a criterion at all we need a criterion for a very good reason which is that the world that we live in is deceptive there are things in the world which look as if they are good but actually they are not and there are other things which look as if they are bad but the truth about them is that they are actually good now this does not mean that everything which looks good is actually bad and everything which looks bad is actually good it's not that there are some things which look good and are good alhamdulillah but there are others in them which are deceptive and similarly there are some things which are bad and they are bad they look bad and they are bad but there are others who may not look so good they look bad but they are actually good so now and i'm sure that i i i don't think i need to give you two examples about this i mean i think this is clear to all of us right uh, what is uh, the difference be- the difference between carrot sticks and chocolates uh, one is uh, you know which is good and which is bad huh so i mean apply this to your to your life and say what what is really what is good and bad and when i say good and bad is uh, it's not just a question of uh, 
good and bad in any particular way i mean good and bad is also in the in the in the context that when we say bad we mean that some things which are painful which are uh, difficult to do which are inconvenient so we are saying bad not is in not in an evil kind of way but we are saying that for example going to the gym for example eating sensibly for example sleeping early for example waking early uh, for example reading uh, on a regular basis those who are not used to reading i mean as, as far as i'm concerned reading is a pleasure it's not bad but for those who are not used to reading uh, you know reading on regular basis uh, right i mean all of uh, all these kinds of things they are within quotes you would you might say bad because they are they are they are painful to do they are not easy but we all know the benefit of all of these things i mean there is a benefit clear visible benefit in going to the gym and exercising and taking care of your body and uh, there is a clearly visible benefit in uh, doing likewise for your for your soul Uh, in terms of uh, of of ibadah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of uh, of doing zikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of reading the quran of uh, praying tahajjud and so on so there there are there are these things which on the face of them they are inconvenient they um, you know you may not like to do them uh, they are painful within quotes uh, but they are very beneficial and similarly on the other hand you have things which are uh, which looks very pleasurable which look very nice and pleasurable for example uh, especially for the youth uh, social media right so on the social media you are chatting with this one and that one and uh, you see the picture of uh, this uh, person who has posted their picture you like the picture very much and you are fantasizing all about this picture uh, that you have uh, may not even be the real picture for all you know because you know social media social media uh and then you're having this whole relationship with that person uh, on on social media or you go to school you go to college you go to university uh, you are mixing freely with people there boys and girls uh, obviously not mahram uh, you know i mean you go to the mall and you say let's let just hang out here oh there's no harm we're just having coffee oh there's no harm we're just going together and uh, you know so uh, i mean i i don't think i need to elaborate all of this all of us have seen this uh, all of us have also been through this believe me i mean it's not a at least i can say for myself that uh, none of this is strange to me none of this is i can't sit uh, and i'm not i'm not even doing it so it's not a question of i can't sit but i'm saying that i'm not sitting on a high chair and uh, saying that look at these evil youngsters see what they were what they are doing uh, i am looking at it from the perspective of Uh, my own life when i look back uh, 20 30 years ago uh, or more actually actually more 40 something years ago uh, and i say well when i was in my 20s when i was in my teens uh, what were what were the situations at that time what kind of situations were was i in uh, what kind of uh, temptations was i exposed to uh, what happened to me what did i do what did i not do what did i do that i should not have done uh with in hindsight i know that today uh, what are some things that i should have done which i did not do uh where are the places in which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved me and wallahi it's only and only his mercy and grace that he saved me with and at the end of all that i say all right this is what happened so what are my lessons and what are what did i learn which i can today communicate to somebody else and say you do not have to go down the same road to learn the same lessons because you have those lessons being given to you by somebody who has been down that road 
So it would be extremely stupid if you insisted on going down the same road and saying, uh, and sometimes people say to me, say, oh, you know, you had all the fun and now you are telling us not to have it. First of all, it wasn't fun uh, because if it was something that, that uh, had the potential of angering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how could, it, how could it have been fun, number one. And number two, um, if you want to do that, Go ahead, try it, you know, and, and then you will see and there's no guarantee that uh, what happened to me will happen to you. Because I also know many, many, many people who were with me um, in my youth uh, and who did, uh, you know, we were all in the, in the same thing and we did whatever we did. Um, and they are not where I am today. They are, they, are, they are in a very bad place. They are in all kinds of, uh, you know, very bad places. So what what sense does it make? What is the guarantee that if you fall into this whole trap of temptation that you are actually going to come out? So it is very important for us to be very clear. That's the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it Al-Furqan. He called it the criterion so that people with intelligence will make this judgment and say, well, this is right and this is wrong. And no matter what, it seems like or sounds like. The reason I'm saying is today we seem to be uh, heading in the same direction that the Christian church headed in uh, centuries ago where uh, they got into this adaptation mode and the whole logic behind it was that uh, young people are not attracted to God. And this is a pure assumption. This is a completely false assumption that is made by uh, the clergy and by the, the so-called uh, you know, leaders and uh, so-called ulama. I'm not saying, I'm saying so-called because actual ulama al-haq do not say these things. Uh, the, the true scholars know that this is false. But uh, people who have pretensions to scholarship, um, they make this statement all the time. They say, well, you know, times have changed and uh, now with social media and uh, boys and girls, in any case, they are hanging out together and so on. Uh, and they are already in relationships, so we should try to tell them what to do. So I said, okay. So what shall what shall we tell them? What must you? What would you like to tell them? So we say, well, you know, uh, we must tell them that if you are in a relationship, uh, then make sure that the boy wants to commit. I say, commit what? Uh, commit what? So we say, no, he, he, meaning that he wants to commit to you, uh, that he will marry you. So uh, that means you want him to. Uh, say that I wish to commit matrimony, right? Uh, not suicide. Uh, I want to commit matrimony. Um, but, but my point is that uh, in this case, I ask this question. I say, you are saying here that if you are already in a relationship, uh, then get the boy to commit. But my point is, there is only one relationship in Islam which is permissible between a non-mahram boy and a girl, and that, and that relationship is called marriage. So if you are in a relationship, that means you are married. Because how else are you in a relationship? What is the name of the other relationship other than marriage? Right? In Islam. Is there is there a permissible relationship other than marriage between a non-mahram boy and a non-mahram girl? Now when there isn't, and you know there isn't, how do you make this statement? How do you say that when you are in a relationship, uh, Make sure that the boy is willing to commit to you. Uh, otherwise, get out of that relationship. Get out and do what? Get into another such relationship and then another one and then another one and then another one until you are 19 year, 99 years old. Well, what, is the, what is the logic behind this advice that we hear from people uh, to say if you are in a relationship, uh, get the boy to commit? 
seriously we have to fear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we have to fear the wrath of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which will descend on the heads of those who give advice like this because there are a lot of people there out there who don't know any better and and they will follow the advice because it comes from somebody with a title called sheikh please have some mercy on yourself and have mercy on others otherwise all of those will become witness against yourself against yourself on the day of judgment there is only one relationship in islam and the name of that relationship is marriage if you want to marry somebody we know what the procedure is we know what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught us he said send a proposal to the person <coughs> to the wali of the lady that you wish to marry if the proposal is accepted then you make nikah and after the nikah is over you pay the mahr you make the nikah and after the nikah is over take your wife home and then do a walima give a walima to make this whole process uh, public to know that people know that you are married now what some people do and inshallah this is permissible uh, is to make nikah now once the nikah is over they have not done what is called rukhsati which is that the girl still remains in the parents house uh, but now she is married to the she has made nikah with this boy and so therefore technically they are married uh, they the marriage is not consummated uh, they give themselves some time and they say okay we are going to give ourselves uh, say a year or a few months to get to know each other well uh, and then there will be a, a rukhsati which means that the girl will leave her her, her home her parents home uh, and go over and live with her husband and then the husband will give the walima so the walima is postponed until the rukhsati uh, inshallah this is uh, this is permissible uh, frankly i personally uh, don't think there is any sense in that you are either married or you are not married because once you have made the nikah they are married i mean if they want to go if they want to sleep with each other they can Uh, there's nothing to prevent them from doing that uh, sure they they said that they will not do it but you know this is a uh, this is a promise that is uh, made to somebody but legally they are entitled to do that so if they if they decide to do it what you going to do so it is uh, the, therefore the question is what shall we do i i say this again and i've said it many times i've written in my book uh, in islam we grow in love we don't fall in love So therefore choose right choose according to the criterion that has been given to, to you by by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam where he said choose a spouse for her or his religious commitment so meaning that somebody not just somebody external commitment we we today we have all kinds of peculiarities we have people who uh, claim to be and look very religious um and usually the first sign of that is that the smile goes from their face and they walk around like they have a permanent bad spell under the under the nose uh, the sense of arrogance and and shooting uh, you know they have a uh, fatwa shotgun from which they shoot fatwas at everybody uh, stay far away if you see a person if you see uh, somebody like that don't even imagine marrying that person unless you want to live a life of uh, misery all your life so Uh, i'm not talking about that i'm saying that uh, good demeanor you know good people who are uh, who you would like to live your life with ask the right questions so first thing is when you meet them um, rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said meet a person look at them face to face talk to them before you decide to marry them 
There are two cases in which the woman, even if she is wearing niqab, she is uh, required to remove the niqab uh, and show her face. And that is when she is talking to a prospective husband. And the second one is when she is uh, giving witness in the witness box in court, uh, where she is uh, required to remove her hijab. And the judge is ordered to look at her face because the demeanor, the facial expressions are part of the uh, part of evidence. And Imam Abu Hanifa even went to the extent of saying that even if the woman is extremely attractive and the judge is a, a young man who is not married, even in that case, he must look at her face because as a judge, it is his job to um, to see what kind of expressions and what's uh, are on her face and what is her demeanor when she is giving witness. So one of the one of the places as I said is where the young woman is or young or old as the case might be whatever when the woman is talking to somebody who she uh, who is a potential husband for her. Uh, this doesn't mean she is going to marry that person. She may marry them. She may not agree, but. To get to that point, uh, it is essential that they should meet, they should meet face to face, uh, they should look at each other's faces, uh, they should ask each other the right questions. And that is very important that you prepare in your, in your mind or prepare and even write down and keep a list of uh, what are the right questions to ask. And all of these questions, in my view, have to do with values. The right question is not how much of money do you make. That is also an important question, no doubt about that. Uh, because marriage is for those who can afford to uh, to support a wife. So make sure that your husband is actually earning enough money to support you. Uh, so that is one question. Uh, second question is on education. Uh, question would be their family values. You know, what are the family values? Uh, what kind of family are you? Are you? Uh, are you all? Uh, what is the home environment like and so on. Now, I have a, I've written a book on it, so please do read the book. I don't want to uh, narrate the book here. Uh, it, but very important, ask these questions and then decide. And once you have decided uh, that you want to get married, then fix the, fix the uh, uh, mahar and do the nikah. Now, once you've done the nikah, then alhamdulillah, you, you can spend some time together uh, before you go off uh, to live with your husband or, or you can go straight away and live with your husband and then grow in that marriage. Then get to know each other, make friends with each other, find respect in your heart for each other. This is the reason why values are important because you should be somebody who's worthy of respect on both sides. I'm talking about the, the, the men and the women. Uh, so make sure that you are somebody worthy of respect. Treat each other well. Uh, for the men, cover your wife with mercy. Cover your wife with grace. Uh, for the women, respect your husband. He's a man. Treat him like a man. Don't treat him like a doormat. Uh, it's very important. I mean, all of these things, never laugh at each other in public. Laugh with each other, but don't mock each other in public. Never, ever talk about your husband or your wife behind their back to anybody else. Never, ever do that. Uh, this is a very dirty thing that is done by a lot of people and they think it's very cute. It's not cute. Now, you are the honor of your family and if you and you are the honor of each other and if you demean each other in that relationship, if you dishonor each other, then you are uh, shooting yourself in the head. I mean, it's uh, 
it's one of the worst things that you can do whatever differences you have if you have conflict and you will have conflict let me assure you i don't know of any marriage in the world that didn't have conflict rasul sallallahu had conflict with his wives so who are you and i to say that we can't have conflicts so we have conflicts but do what the prophet sallallahu did don't he did, he didn't go around uh, announcing to the world that i have a conflict with my wives do that conflict is between you and your wife your mother your father her mother her father brother sisters they don't come into that conflict leave them out of it the more people you involved in that conflict the more complex it will become so don't do that if you have a conflict sit down politely listen to each other when you are listening keep your mouth shut and when you have when she has finished speaking then take off the tape from your mouth and then you can talk when you are in that situation when you are listening to each other if you are angry do not speak if you have difficulty keeping your mouth shut you know you, you use masking tape right uh tape you tape your tape your mouth up uh go make yourself a cup of coffee or go have a cold shower or whatever but do not speak if you are angry don't speak in a state of anger when you are talking then listen uh if it's whatever it might be and and then respond don't react and then respond and respond with love and respond with affection and consciously think of all the good things that you know about this about your spouse and respond from that position of <coughs> of goodness of honoring that goodness yesterday in that conflict maybe things are not going the way you want them to go but that is one instance what about the million instances where things did go the way you wanted them to go so think about those million inst- instances and then deal with that one instance don't let that one instance color the effect of the other million instances that went before that one and then <clears throat> even if it comes to a state at some point in time where there has to be a parting do that with grace do that with honor do that with dignity do that taking care of each other because remember every door that closes is a door that is opening so if you are closing a door in one relationship really you are opening a door into another relationship and the way to ensure that anything negative in one relationship does not leak into another relationship is to end that relationship with grace with dignity and above all with justice holding allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone as your witness values are absolutely critically important because these are the foundation on which our entire life and our akhirah rests and that is the reason why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't leave us to figure out what those values should be Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us those values never ever compromise those values and don't even fall ever any any time into this trap and if anyone starts that starts that line of talk just walk away from there there is no question of compromising islamic values for, because times have changed if you do that my brothers and sisters you will have no islam left times have changed time will change but islam is timeless islam is a religion that is sent by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whom time is not a consideration it came with muhammad rasulullah sallallahu who is the nabi until the end of time so where is the question of time where is the question of saying today we have social media today we have this i don't care what we have we also have islam 
right today we have social media but we also have islam so what do you want to do with islam you are you are focused on social media but you forget about islam this is exactly what the christian church did and today more and more and more people are leaving the christian church why did they do all this in order to prevent people from leaving the church they accommodated and they bent over backwards and they stood on their head and they spun around and they did all kinds of things they allowed all sorts of stuff only to try to save the church they said we have to accommodate we have to be flexible we have to be malleable we have to be bendable we have to be breakable uh, i allah knows best and then they said all this why because people young people especially are leaving the church what was the result of that young people left the church anyway the reason is because believe it or not all these people who talk all this rubbish they have no clue about psychology people respect strength they respect governance they respect stability they respect dignity they don't respect these wishy-washy butterflies that float from from place to place uh, who may be amusing and you might get some laughs but nobody respects them and that is the reason why people follow those who come across as strong and as stable and that is what islam is islam is strong islam is stable islam does not bend for anybody islam states the truth and the fact no matter whether it is popular or not popular so speak for the truth and speak and stand for the truth and speak the truth even if you are the only one doing that it is even more important to do that if you are the only one doing that but believe me you will never be the only one doing that you will be the, you will perhaps be the only one doing that to begin with but the moment you start you stand up there and you speak the truth you will find a lot of other people will stand up and join you because these were people who were sitting down they knew what was going on was not right but they didn't have the courage to say anything about it but once somebody stands up other people join them but irrespective even if nobody joins you even if you are the only one standing then you are in the place of the anbiya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they were sent as one person to a whole community or nation and they stood for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them for they did not compromise they did not compromise be aware and beware of the c word the compromise this is an evil it is from shaitan so do not compromise as far as principles of islam are concerned no compromise everything else wherever there is flexibility by all means be as flexible and nice and kind as possible but that does not mean that you take something which is haram and make it into halal free mixing of young men and women or old men and women free mixing between genders ghair mahram people people who are non mahram meeting is haram I don't care if that is politically incorrect to say I am saying it I don't care if any if somebody doesn't like that I am still saying it because the only one I care who likes or doesn't like is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us it is not okay for men and women to be mixing and to be in the same room and the same place uh, without a reason if there is a reason and what is the reason for example the teacher is uh, is a man the students are women the stu- the teacher is a woman the students are men a combination of men and women or only men uh, the the 
<coughs> the shopkeeper and the customer the doctor and the patient uh, the pilot and the people sitting in the plane the driver and the people in the car all of the wherever there is a reason why people uh, men and women who are not related to one another may be in the same place and may interact that is permissible to the extent of the need to the extent of the need to the extent that the need is fulfilled teacher has taught then goodbye assalam alaikum until the next class but just milling around and uh, if you take a picture it looks like a you know a, like what we do in the malls for example you know, just going there walking around and hanging around and you got men and women mixing everywhere and doing things and then we have uh, all kinds of reasons we do that uh, and then we and then we say oh you see this is the modern world and this is the mod- these are modern times i'm sorry this is not the modern world and modern times this is very ancient this is from the beginning of time this is what has happened there is nothing new about this modern world the problem with people is that they don't read history if you read history you know that people came before you who did all that you do in some cases they did worse and we also know what happened to them so be very clear in your mind don't fall into this trap the the laws of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are eternal from the beginning of time to the end and so also is the evil of this world that also is eternal from the beginning to the end it will remain and that's why we have to keep fighting it and to if you and stand up and speak out and if you can't do that then leave see the hadith of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam narrated by abu darda al ansari radhiyallahu anhu who said that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if you see something evil stop it with your hand and if you cannot do that then speak out against it and if you can't even do that then leave the place with the thought in your heart and mind of what a horrible and bad place that is or what a horrible and bad thing that is if you can't even do that and that third option is a sign of the weakness of your faith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said leave that hating that incident or that uh, place or whatever happened uh, and he said that this last thing which is you could not you could not stop it with your hand you couldn't speak against it uh, you just had to leave the place he said this is a sign of the weakness of your faith how and there is not any option for us to remain in that place when we know that something is happening there which is against the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly mentioned and the tone is the tone of hukum the tone of of instruction and order he said ta'awanu 'alal birri wat taqwa wa la ta'awanu 'alal ismi wal udwan in surah al-maida Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said help one another in matters of piety and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not help la ta'awanu this is hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do not help in matters of sin and rebellion where is the justification uh, for you as a muslim to remain in a place where the disobedience of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happening wherever whatever be the nature of the disobedience maybe it is an ostentatious wedding maybe it is a place in which uh, there is uh, music and singing and dancing We, we know that music allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made music haram rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made it haram nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam very specifically specified and said that string and wind instruments 
uh, when he said instruments, does he mean the box or does he mean the sound that the instrument makes? Please, we are supposed to be intelligent people. Let us use our brains. The sound is what is haram. The box is not haram. If you take a, a guitar and make it into a coffee table, it doesn't become haram. But the sound of the of the guitar is what is uh, is is what is haram. Whether it comes out of a guitar or whether it comes out of a synthesizer or whether it comes out of your mouth and you call it beatboxing, who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? Please have some taqwa. Have some fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Stop fooling yourself because believe me, that's the only one you're fooling. You're not fooling anybody else. I advise you and I advise myself, live by the Quran. Just memorizing it and reciting it is not the purpose for which it was sent. Live by the Quran. Live by the Sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will protect you in this world from all evil. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will protect you in the Akhirah from all evil. If you do not do that, if you choose deliberately to leave what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has prescribed, if you choose deliberately to leave what Rasulullah has shown and demonstrated, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permitted that also. And where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said very, very, very clearly, فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنْ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرْ إِنَّا عَاتَذْنَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ نَارًا حَادَ بِهِمْ سُرَادِقْوَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said very clearly, He said, let the ones who want to believe, believe, and let the ones who want to deny, deny. And then he mentioned the consequences of denial. Denial comes in many forms. One is open kufr of walking out of Islam, of becoming a murtad. But there are other forms of denial, which are the forms which we know as the forms of hypocrisy, where we uh, claim to believe in Islam, we claim to believe Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as as our leader and imam and as the one we follow, and then we have no compunctions and we have no hesitation in going against Islam and going against Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What do you call this? What do you call this? Please, my brothers and sisters, time to wake up. Please wake up. Stand in the mirror, look at your face and say that you are going before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You don't know when, maybe right now. What are you going to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Fear nobody but Allah. Nobody can harm you but Allah. Nobody can benefit you but Allah. And if you do not believe this, then you are not a Muslim. It's as simple as that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. May Allah accept your work. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help you to do that which is pleasing to him and save you from yourself and save you from shaitan and save you from doing that which does not please him. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyil kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya rahmatullahi.